0: Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech.
1: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions
0: that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder greetings and welcome to another episode of canadian history x if you like you can support the podcast for as little as three dollars a month just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. From John to Justin, which releases every single Friday, Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday, and Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. I do all these podcasts full-time, the writing, the research, everything. So, Every doll you give helps keep it all going, and I'll thank you on social media and in future episodes. If you like, you can email me at craig at CanadaEHX.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Before Europeans arrived on the shores of Canada, the area that would one day be Devon was occupied by the Indigenous, specifically the Stony Cree and the Blackfoot. For centuries, they would migrate through the area as the bison moved across the landscape, providing Indigenous with nearly everything they needed. As homesteaders began to arrive, the Indigenous would slowly decline in numbers, and today Devon sits on Treaty 6 land. Unlike many communities I have covered here, the story of Devon begins rather late in Canada's history. In fact, it was not until 1948 that the community was born. The community owes its existence to something that happened earlier in the year, the Leduc No. 1 oil strike. In 1936, the first major crude oil discovery would happen in Turner Valley at a depth of two kilometers, the deepest well in Alberta at the time. By 1942, the oil field reached its peak production of 10 million barrels and had the distinction of being the largest oil field in the British Empire. Another original oil discovery in 1914 would result in oil companies spending $150 million over the course of 30 years, amounting to about $2.2 billion today. No major reserves were found and the provincial government was forced to start to issue tax relief for oil companies to encourage further exploration. After that strike in Turner Valley in 1936, oil companies flooded into Alberta looking for crude. One of those companies was Imperial Oil, who drilled 133 wells with no success. The geologists who worked for the company believed that greater reserves could be found at deeper depths, and they convinced the company to do one more drilling effort. The board of directors agreed and Wildcat No. 134 was drilled as a last-ditch effort. The company then purchased 200,000 acres of land southwest of Edmonton and began to survey the best area to drill. They came up with two candidate areas. One was near Pigeon Lake, while the other was near Devon. The team chose Devon, or at least the area of Devon, because it was closer to major roadways. This was a good decision because the Pigeon Lake well was dug and proved to be a dry well. On the farmstead of Mike Turta, a drilling site was chosen. Turda did not have drilling rights, so Imperial Oil paid him $250 to lease his land, or $3,515 per year today. This well would be the only one within 80 kilometers, and it would be dug to a depth of 2,100 meters. Drilling would then begin on November 20, 1946, but only small traces of oil and natural gas were being found at the depth of 1,200 meters. Drilling would pass the Mesozoic depth, and indications were that there was a large quantity of natural gas and a bit of oil. When drilling passed the Paleozoic era and into the Devonian era, tests showed promising results at 1,536 meters. Then, on February 3, 1947, a test sent a geyser of oil shooting up past the height of the drilling derrick. With that, Imperial Oil knew there was oil to be found in this location. Vern Hunter, the lead of the drilling team, was asked by the company when they expected to hit pay dirt with the well. And he would say, quote, The crew and I were experts at abandoning wells, but we didn't know much about completing them. I named February 13th and started praying. By the morning of February 13th, we hadn't started to swab, and that operation sometimes takes days. However, we crossed our fingers, and at daylight, started in. Shortly after 4 p.m., the wellhead was cleared, and the 500 people who had gathered and braved the cold saw Leduc No. 1 spray oil into the air. The youngest member of the drilling crew was given the honor of flaring the well. And this discovery was huge for Canada. At the time, the country only produced about 21,000 barrels per day, and that mostly came from Turner Valley. In contrast, the country was consuming 210,000 barrels a day. In Alberta, The production was 7.7 million barrels per year from 416 wells and 90% of the oil needed by Canada was imported from the United States. The discovery would lead to a huge increase in the estimates of how much oil was actually in Western Canada. In 1946, it was believed that there were 72 million recoverable barrels of oil in Western Canada. By 1957, that estimate had been increased to three billion and today it's believed that there are 77 billion barrels of oil in conventional reserves in western Canada. Leduc No. 1 would continue to operate for almost three decades until 1974. By that point, it had produced 317,000 barrels of oil and 323 million cubic feet of natural gas. Today, the Leduc No. 1 and Leduc Woodland Oil Field are designated as National Historic Sites, and the Leduc No. 1 Energy Discovery Centre, opened in 1997 next to Devon, features exhibits about the oil industry, as well as artifacts and equipment from the early days.
2: Um, The well drilled down through the Cretaceous and into the Devonian, and oil was found in the limestone in, in the top of the Devonian Age.
1: For Dan Claypool, these small bits of rock tell a very personal history.
2: Well, uh, Ladoke number 1 uh, gave me an entire career.
1: When Ladoke number 1 exploded into life on February 13, 1947, it was big news for a province, for a country, and for a farm boy from Saskatchewan.
2: At that time, there wasn't any industry or jobs to speak of, and Ladoke number 1 opened it up where within the next um, several years Many, many people
1: moved in and picked up the jobs in the oil patch. Claypool was one of them. At 17, he went looking for his future, across an Alberta that was rustic and far from prosperous.
2: And the uh, number two highway was all graveled and washboardy. And if we got over about 28 miles an hour, this washboardy shook the doors open on the car, and you had to pull off the road and tighten them up and get them closed again.
1: All he knew at the time was that Leduc Number 1 had spawned a forest of oil rigs and hundreds of jobs.
2: None of us realized that it was a part of history that we were involved in. First well came in at 500 barrels a day of nice light gravity crude. Mm-hmm. That sent a whole raft of drilling rigs looking for conventional crude all over the province.
1: Dan Claypool has drilled wells all across the country, managed rigs around the world, now he's a volunteer at the Canadian Petroleum Interpretive Centre, built to honour an oil strike that nearly didn't happen at all. After spending millions to drill 133 dry holes, Imperial Oil was ready to give up. But the guys on Leduc Number 1 wanted one more chance.
2: The story is that they knew this telegram was coming from Toronto saying that shut her down, the money's been cut off, and... Uh, the story is that uh, they found some oil showings on the way down and the boys didn't bother going to Leduc to get their telegram until they could send one back saying, hey, I think we think we got something.
1: What they found was a site that would produce 300 million barrels of oil and 250 billion cubic feet of natural gas. Gas that, in the beginning, no one knew what to do with. In 1947, Albertans heated their homes with wood or coal, Leduc number one helped to change that.
2: In 47 48, they started to build a a conservation plant here at Devon, the one that's being shut down now. Um, And they piped the gas then from all these flares into the plant, and they put gas into Leduc, and they put gas into uh, the major part of Edmonton, and it started into Kalmar, and uh, all of a sudden the market was developed.
1: Now, most of Leduc number one's gas is gone. The plant is being shut down the dozen workers left are expected to be offered jobs in other places but claypool figures no one could or should forget leduc number one they found 14 different um,
2: devonian fields as a result of leduc number one so that's really the importance of it and uh, you always hate to see anything shut down and anything uh, stop operating But uh, hopefully the memories will linger on for many, many years.
0: For CBC News, I'm Jim McQuarrie in Devon. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, Explornet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. On November 27th, 1948, the community of Devon sprang up on the open prairie. Imperial Oil had actually paid $24,000 for a quarter section of land near the North Saskatchewan River, just north of Leduc No. 1. Within 10 months, a modern, $2 million community with 600 residents was bustling in the area. Mrs. V. Hunter, an early resident, would state, quote, Starting from nothing, and with nothing, they built up not the body, but the soul of the town, making it a model town, not only in its physical aspects, but even more so in its spirit. End quote. The town would be home to the imperial oil workers, and the company wanted to make sure the community was well planned. Devon is actually the first Canadian community to be approved by a regional planning commission. As for its name, well, that's an easy one. It's named for the Devonian formation, which the Leduc No. 1 tapped into. and That formation is named for Devon, England. Around the same time that Devon was being built, the Atlantic No. 3 well suddenly burst into flames on March 8, 1948. The well would continue to burn for four days before it was capped, and by that point it had sent 75,000 barrels of oil and millions of cubic feet of natural gas 150 feet into the air. The fire was visible from Edmonton, and the well was plugged, but created a new problem causing huge gas pressures to develop 300 feet below the surface, which then cracked through the ground and came out at surface faults. These built up and on May 7th, oil was forced out, covering 40 acres around the wellhead. The Alberta government ordered the entire site shut down on May 12th so that the resources could be put forward to reduce the fire hazard. Tank cars were then brought in and 12,000 barrels of oil per day were hauled away to be taken to refineries. Finally, The lake was drained off, but 10 acres were still seeing oil rising, equaling 6,000 to 12,000 barrels per day. Finally, on September 7th, six months after the entire situation began, experts and government officials were able to finally stop the oil seeping to the ground. In January of 1950, Devon would be incorporated as a village, and in March of that same year, it became a town. Today, Devon is called Canada's model town, due to its planned nature. Nearby to Devon is one of the most beautiful spots in the entire area, the University of Alberta Botanical Garden. First established in 1959, the garden was built on donated land and since then has continued to expand and improve. Today, the gardens cover 80 acres of 12,000 year old sand dune shoreline that existed along the long ago Lake Edmonton. There is also another 160 acres of natural areas. In the gardens you will find the tropical show house with butterflies, temperate and arid show houses, extensive alpine, herb, lilac and rose collections, an indigenous garden and the Kirimoto Japanese garden. There is also a beautiful Islamic garden on the grounds first planted in 2018. If you'd like to learn more about Devon's history, you can visit the Devon Historical Museum which opened its doors in 2016. Today, the museum has several old photos, sports equipment, and uniforms, as well as other artifacts from the town's history, all of which can be browsed. As well, it also features a very rare silver collection. I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was a short one, and my look at Devon, Alberta. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at CanadaEHX.com You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Again, if you like, you can support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. And I'd like to say thank you to all of my wonderful patrons. And if I mispronounce any names, I do apologize. Matthew Garthau, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, one anonymous person who I really appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roa, Luke Guess, JP Bear, Jason Hall, and Iris Gray. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.